in the beginning. What a great way to begin an epic story, don't you think? Epic stories, they share common elements, setting, conflict, let's not forget characters, protagonists and antagonists, heroes and villains, tricksters, love interests, comic relief, and trusty sidekicks. While the specifics of their circumstances vary, protagonists or heroes in epic stories, they all experience a call. The call is a moment of transition for the hero that moves the hero from one season in their life into a new season of opportunity, adventure, challenge, and mission. T'Challa and Black Panther, he is called to lead his people as king and as the superhero Black Panther upon the death of his father. Mulan is called to represent her family and to fight for China so that she can save her people and her nation. Harry Potter is called when he receives his invitation to attend Hogwarts school. Joseph Campbell, professor of literature, mythology, and religion writes, the hero's journey always begins with the call. One way or another, a guide must come to say, look, you're in sleepy land. Wake, come on a trip. There is a whole aspect of your consciousness, your being, that's not been touched. So you're at home here? Well, there's not enough of you over there. And so it starts. The call invites the hero to take a journey and to embrace a mission. And along the way, the hero will be transformed. The hero's action and transformation affects the hero personally, but it's not just for the hero alone. No, that action and transformation is also for the benefit of others, for the community, for the common good. Today, we're going to look at how God calls a particular person and uses this imperfect human being as a vessel of God's blessing for the whole world. But in order to do that, let's review our origin story. You and I, we are human beings created in the image of God and made alive by the very spirit or breath of God. We are created for relationship with God. And yet... Creation does not stay in perfect relationship with God. We were not satisfied with how God created us. We tried to fix perfection and make ourselves like God. All creation is now disrupted and disconnected from whole relationship with God. Human beings inflict harm upon other human beings. Human beings abuse God's very creation. Generations passed, and with each generation, it seemed that human beings moved further and further away from God. As Van Pastor Vance reminded us last week, those human beings, they kept moving further east. Humans, they still kept striving to make themselves into God and to reach heaven without any involvement or relationship with the God of the universe. So creation is not as it should be. 
but we cannot restore creation on our own. We need help. In a riff of the old Bonnie Taylor song, we need a hero. We're holding out for a hero till the morning light. Friends, the good news is that our God does not leave us alone in our brokenness and mess. God shows up. God intervenes. More often than not, God chooses to intervene through imperfect people. We go from the story of the Tower of Babel into a long genealogy until we get to this man by the name of Terah, who has three sons. The family is living in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. Terah leaves their home, taking along with him one of his sons, Abram. Abram's wife, Sarai, and Terah's grandson, Lot. And they travel from Ur of the Chaldeans northwest to a place called Haran. Their their journey would be from modern-day Iraq or Saudi Arabia, northwest uh, to Syria or Turkey. We know this family's patriarchal genealogy and the geography of where they lived and traveled. But that's it. That's all we know about Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we heard, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and will bless you. I will make your name respected, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. God calls Abram and gives him a pretty outlandish mission. Leave his father and their new home in Haran, They had just endured a long journey to get to this new homeland. And now God is calling Abram to leave again? God tells Abram that he will travel to a land that God will show him. God does not give Abram a map or GPS coordinates for the land that God will give to Abram. He says, Abram, get up and go, and I will show you where you will go. God promises to bless Abram and to make Abram a great nation. God then vows to bless all of the families of the earth through Abram. The written biblical tradition does not capture Abram's response to God, or what I think would be his first responses to God. I imagine that at first Abram is a little freaked out. We do not know anything about his faith tradition or beliefs. Does he conceive that there is a God? Does he have a relationship with God? Who does he think is speaking to him? We do not hear Abram's objection to leaving his father's household. We do not hear that Abram complains that he just got done traveling. Don't make him ride on a camel again. We do not hear Abram say that he has to confer with his wife Sarai before making such a monumental decision. Now, what do we read? In verse 4, Abram left just as the Lord told him. 
and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all of their possessions, and those who became members of their household in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as the sacred place at Shechem, at the Oak of Moreh. The Canaanites lived in the land at that time. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there he traveled toward the mountains east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and worshipped in the Lord's name. Then Abram set out toward the arid southern plain, making and breaking camp as he went. Abram responds to God's call. He obeys. He sets out on the journey that God is inviting him to join. Abram agrees to participate in God's mission to bless the world through him. Abram brings along his wife, his nephew, other members of his household, and even slaves. The journey brings Abram and his family southwest from Haran to what is now Israel. The journey and the mission brings Abram to build an altar and to worship God. This moment of call is the beginning of Abram's relationship with God. Abram experiences highs and lows throughout his relationship with God. Sometimes Abram is honest, and other times we learn that he is deceitful. He separates from his nephew Lot. Abram longs for a son and a sign that he will be the great nation that God has promised. He and his wife Sarai, they cause harm to Hagar and to Ishmael when they try to take the matters of a son into their own hands. Abram and Sarai, they doubt God. Abram shows hospitality to some visitors. Eventually, the son Isaac is born. Over the course of Abram's journey with God, God chooses to make a covenant or a committed, promised relationship with Abram. God commits to Abram first. This commitment is not contingent upon Abram being perfect or getting it right all the time. No, God chooses to be steadfastly loyal to Abram. God always initiates covenant and relationship. Abram responds, responds to God's initiation. God later confirms the promise to make Abram into a great nation. God changes Abram's name from that meaning exalted ancestor to Abraham, meaning exalted ancestor of a multitude. Covenants, they often have an outward sign or a symbol of their relationship. Abram circum Abraham circumcises himself and the male members of his household as a sign that he is set apart in relationship with God. The arrival of the son, Isaac, becomes the outward sign of God's covenant relationship with Abraham. God is faithful to the covenant relationship 
established with Abraham and extends this relationship to Abraham's descendants. His son, Isaac, his grandson, Jacob, and great-grandson, Joseph. After Joseph, the number of descendants multiplies and sets the stage for the people who will eventually be called the Israelites. God blesses Abraham so that through him all the world would be blessed. Abraham is blessed so that he can be a blessing for other people. Friends, God calls Abram, even though he is an imperfect person. God does not wait to call Abram until Abram is perfect. God calls. Abram responds. The journey begins and the mission is pursued. Over the course of the journey, Abram is transformed into Abraham. Abraham indeed becomes the father of many nations and the father of the world's three major religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. When ancient peoples gathered around their campfires to hear their origin story, they learned that they were children of Abraham. They all shared this common ancestor. If Israelite people gathered around their campfire, they learned that they were blessed to be Abraham's covenant children and that this separated them from Abraham's non-covenant children. But you can imagine if you were a Muslim or a Christian gathered around a campfire that you might hear of a different way that you are Abraham's child and that you are blessed to be a descendant of Abraham. That different understanding of covenant, different understanding of what it means to be blessed has often caused wars and conflicts among the children of Abraham. We see and experience these conflicts in our world today. Friends, you and I, we are descendants of Abraham. God chose to bless Abraham. And God's blessing extends and reaches all the way to you and I today. Abraham's call story, it's not an isolated incident. The Bible is full of stories of God calling people by name, inviting them to journey with God, and including them in covenant relationship with God. People like Moses, Deborah, Hannah, and Samuel, David, Esther, Jonah, Mary, Peter, Mary Magdalene, Paul. These are people who were blessed by their own relationship with God, yet their blessing did not stay with them. God worked through them to enable freedom, justice, faithfulness, leadership, and redemption for other people. Our Christian tradition is full of stories of God calling people by name, inviting them to journey with God, and including them in covenant relationship with God. People like the desert mothers and fathers, St. Francis, Julian of Norwich, Martin Luther, Susanna, John, and Charles Wesley, Francis Asbury, Richard Allen, Barbara Hecht, Sojourner Truth, 
Dorothy Day, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Corey Ten Boom, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Oscar Romero, John Lewis. These people were blessed by their own relationship with God, yet they did not keep that blessing to themselves. God worked through them to develop Christianity and the church into what it is today. God worked through them to put into action God's justice, compassion, and liberation. Friends, God is still in the business of calling people, inviting them to journey with God, and including them in covenant with God. God is still in the business of blessing people so that they can bring about God's blessings for the whole world. Friends, you may feel comfortable, at ease, or maybe even at home, right where you are. God is calling you by name. God is inviting you to journey with God. God is inviting you into covenant with God. God desires to bless you and to use you as a vessel for God's blessing for other people. There's not enough of you. Your gifts, your presence, and your blessings where God is calling you to go. You and your full humanity with your imperfections. You are needed where God is calling you to go. Will you answer God's call? Will you journey with God? Will you join in covenant with God?